Star Wars 7 by 7 episode 2106 today, childhood memories. One of the benefits of the Rise of Skywalker novelization is that we get to see little snippets of young Kylo Ren, aka Ben Solo's life. And today we're going to talk about some of those as well as his healing and the legacy of Leia. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So, we've been talking about The Rise of Skywalker Expanded Edition, that's the novelization this week, and the audiobook version in specific. Thank you again to Penguin Random House Audio for sharing a copy with me. And on today's episode we're going to talk about childhood memories of Ben Solo, but these are not necessarily his memories, they're actually other people's memories memories of him. That's where we're going to start with things. In fact, we're going to start with a scene that features Ben Solo, aka Kylo Ren at this point, and Chewbacca, where to find out what Rey is up to, Kylo Ren has to break into Chewie's mind the same way that he broke into Rey's mind in The Force Awakens, but he doesn't just find out about her mission, he encounters some things that he would rather not have encountered. And so here is that excerpt from the novelization. Kylo should have felt pleasure in reaching out with the Force, inserting himself into the Wookiee's mind, ripping away his memories and thoughts. Instead, it was exhausting. He saw flashes of the Wookiee laughing with a much younger Han Solo than he himself remembered. Felt Chewbacca's joy when his best friend married the woman he'd come to love like a sister. Saw the Wookiee cuddling a human toddler, teaching an older boy to fly a speeder, target practice with a young man, their blasters set on stun against a haphazard dummy made of rocks. Uncle Chewie, he'd called him back then. Nausea rolled around in the pit of Kylo's stomach when he finally walked away from Interrogation 6. Alright, tell me you don't think that is just beautiful and heartbreaking. Oh, goodness gracious. Anyway, so we move on from there to the scene later on where Leia reaches out to Ben with the Force that one last time. And throughout the novelization, apparently Luke has been talking with her as a Force ghost, saying, it's time, it's time. And as you hear him say it, you're getting the idea that he's saying it's time for her to die, basically, and you know, join the Cosmic Force and you know be with him and the rest of the Jedi who have passed on and so on and so forth. But... This time he actually says it's time and it's something different going on. And before I get to that, I also want to flag the fact that the novelization also says that Luke isn't the only Force ghost who has talked to Leia in the past. In fact, Obi-Wan Kenobi has talked to her and less frequently Yoda as well, which is pretty cool. But it starts off, at least this scene starts off with Luke talking to her about what she needs to do as her final act. Leia, there's only one thing left to do. Galaxy save us all from big brothers, she thought. Luke said, you must try to reach Ben. 
She flashed back to holding her tiny son in her arms, his black hair still wet with birth, the way he'd cried all the time in those early months, but settled whenever he sensed that she or Han or Chewie was near. His first steps, his first word, the first time he'd sent a toy flying across the room with the power of the Force, calling on his tiny toddler rage. I never gave up hope for him, she said. Tell him, said Luke. And this scene, even more so in the novelization, I feel, comparatively speaking, highlights the symmetry between The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. In particular, Luke taking you know, the last of his energy and life force to be able to project himself to Crate and be able to save what would remain to the Resistance at that time. And then here you have Leia taking what strength she had left, and it's been failing over the course of the novel and was failing over the course of the movie, obviously, after her you know, very rough time in The Last Jedi. But... She also does the same thing, does that last bit of effort to be able to save the most important person in her life, the only one she has left to save, which is her son. And as a sort of aside here, I will say that I feel like the novelization also does a really good job of kind of explaining something that seemed a little bit weird in the movie itself. Why Ray suddenly seemed to get so tired in the movie and just, you know, all right, I'm worn out, I can't beat Kylo Ren. The explanation of her not having gotten a lot of sleep over the last few days and being drained still from the Vexus, you know, that serpent on Pisana, right? Um, you know, there's all of these things and yes, probably if we sat and thought about it, we would go, oh yeah, you know, logically there's a reason for that. But it just, you know, everything is moving so fast in the movie that I don't think as viewers we necessarily stop to think, you know, why is she getting tired? And then actually come up with, you know, logical reasons why, but the novelization lays it out very clearly and you get that whole, oh yeah, you know, not only is she worn down physically, but also worn down from a force energy standpoint, and she did just <laughs> sail that skiff across 120 foot seas into the interior of the Death Star and was climbing all around in there and all of that, so yeah, she's kind of worn out. But then she stabs him, and then she heals him, and then she bails. And he is left to ruminate on everything that's happened in the last few minutes there on the wreckage on Kefbeer. And this excerpt has him reflecting on what was really true and what lies were being told to him. And obviously, it's the opposite of what he had believed all along. Why had his mother loved him right up until her last moment? Snoke had lied about that. Snoke had lied about all of it. All those voices in his head torturing him throughout the years. They had promised him that a moment like this could never happen. They don't care about you. Just their precious new republic. And later... Just their precious resistance. All lies. His mother had sacrificed herself to reach him. Then Ray had healed him at great cost to herself. In spite of everything he'd done, he had failed to kill the light within himself 
because it had been all around him all along. In Ray, his mother, even his father. And that will actually go right into the Han Solo scene, which is pretty much the same, at least from you know my recollection of things. So, you know, we're going to stop right there. But I do want to say that if you are interested in the audiobook, I've mentioned this a couple of times before this week, but we have a deal with Audible where you can get a free download and a 30-day free trial from them if you go to sw7x7.com audible. And we do get a commission on that as well. It doesn't cost you anything more if you ultimately decide to stay with the service. But, you know, the freebie situation, that's golden. So sw7x7.com audible if you want to check that out. And that is going to do it for this episode of the show today. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the curve be flattening for you, wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademarks and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.